Greetings, fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. We apologize for our absence last week, but the winter weather derailed us, as it did many of the things across the state. But we're happy to be back with you this week with a jam-packed edition of the CIAC cast. So I'm not going to waste much time blathering on here other than to say the tournament championships for boys and girls basketball and boys ice hockey will begin this weekend. Basketball beginning with two games on Friday night, then six games on Saturday at Mohegan. Sun, the bas- the excuse me, the boys ice hockey beginning on Saturday with the Division Three game, followed by the Division Two championship on Monday night, and then the Division One championship on Tuesday night at Ingalls Rink in at Yale. So we're happy to have you with us. What we're going to do this week is quite simply, we went out on the road, took the CIAC cast on the road to the various boys girl and girls basketball and boys ice hockey press conference luncheon events and we're fortunate enough to sit down with some of the writers who've been covering the sports all year long had some round tables some lengthy discussions with them previewing this weekend's championship so let's get right into it with girls basketball so we just finished here at the girls basketball luncheon press conference for the ciac basketball finals coming up this weekend i'm happy to be joined now by Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American and Lori Riley of the Hartford Current and Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin who all do a fabulous job covering uh, basketball and girls basketball during the course of the year. So we're going to dive right into this weekend's uh, competition and, and talk a little bit about the championship games coming up. We'll start with Class S, where we've got the number one seed, Capital Prep, who's been rolling through the tournament, uh, taking on Thomaston, the number three seed. Both teams come in at 21-2, and two, and uh, Joe, we'll start with you. Talk to us a little bit about this Thomaston team, and maybe what do you think uh, their chances are, and what do you think uh, they're going to need to do to earn, to earn a victory in the, the Class S final? Well, let me say this. First of all, no one's giving them much of a chance. This is your, if you want to, let's get right into the cliches here. This is the David and Goliath game, and that... Capital Prep has been so incredibly impressive this season. Thomaston from this little tiny school somewhere in Litchfield County. Uh, and it, it's so, they're, they're a definite underdog. They should be the underdog, and they are not daunted by this. They don't have a lot of height, so obviously they need to rebound. They're small. They're aggressive. They're going to they're gonna press. They're going to give Capital Prep maybe a little more of aggressive you know, play than maybe they've seen this year. Although Capital Prep, give them credit, they went out this year and got teams. Uh, in the New York area to, to play some tougher opponents. So they're, they're battle-tested, I think, more so than, than maybe you'd, you'd think. I think Thomason is also going to have an advantage because they're, they're accustomed to an occasion game. They play a lot of big games in the Berkshire League in packed gymnasiums. I'm not so sure Capital Prep packs them in when they're playing Ellis Tech, you know, or something, or, or, or Wolka Tech. So, you know, I think Thomas is going gonna, is gonna to be ready for the occasion. Uh, and they have a couple of wonderful players. One is their little, their little five-three guard, Maggie Eberhardt, who's as tough as they come, um, and, and a great scorer and rebounder, and the junior uh, Abby Herbert. Uh, but w- one of the things I think that's important about this game, I think we should stress, is it's a huge game for the Berkshire League. The BL doesn't get here very often. With the advent of prep schools, magnet schools, uh, this is this is big for the Berkshire League. They haven't been in a title game since 2002. They haven't won one in the state of the Berkshire League in like 20 years. This is this is an occasion for them. Thomas is going to bring a lot of fans on Saturday, and it should be a lot of fun. I hope they can play 10 on the court. 
<laughs> They're going to need that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a bandwagon jumper on this one. Face it. Why play the Class S tournament? Capital oh, my prep. God. Let Capital me, prep. Let me throw this at you. 2002. I don't know. Maybe Laurie was there. <laughs> Wamogo was playing Trinity Catholic, the greatest team of all time in girls' high school sports. Amanda Pate. What's your score? Like 4,000 points at, at Trinity Catholic. Wamogo had no chance in this game, everyone said. Oddly enough, Trinity Catholic had to hit a three-point shot with seven seconds left to force overtime. So I'm that, not saying it can't happen, but I, I don't see it. But was Trinity Catholic, you know, beating everybody by 50 points? They were. In the they were. They were. They were just and crunching the, people. The only thing I could see, if you look at it from Capital Prep's viewpoint, is their inexperience. They're, they're, they're youngsters that they have out there. You have a freshman who's their leading scorer. You have a sophomore who's right up there. They're good. But they're great <laughs> to the, that point. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, do they move up next year if they win Class S? And then Class M would have to deal with these guys. But face it, this is not a one-year team. This is going to be back here no. next year and even beyond. And they've been in the final. I mean, they, yes. they, they have the yes. experience of losing a final. That's important too. Once. Once. Last year, Laura, right. So, Laura, so yeah, they've got they've got the pain of that too, which is important. Laura, you've seen a lot of that capital prep team. What are you sort of focusing on as as they go into the weekend? What do you think is going to be kind of what they're looking to do uh, in the championship game? Well, I just talked to Kaya Gillespie, and she's only a sophomore, and you know you can talk about inexperience and all that, but I mean when I talked to her, she sounded like she was a senior. <laughs> you know the way she was like, I'm going to lead this team. I'm going to do. It. You know, I beat up on myself last year when I missed shots. I was waiting for the seniors to pick up you know, the slack and, and they didn't and, and I didn't and, you know, and then we lost and, and it was terrible. And so she really sounded like she was ready. The interesting thing that I thought was the point guard um, went down halfway through the year to a back injury. And I thought, oh my gosh, without that point guard, what are they going to do? Well, they got this freshman came right in, Shaquana Edwards. And boy, she's, you know, I asked her today too. I said, All right, you know, were you nervous to come in and, you know, this number one team in the state and, and she said, no, like, like I was crazy for asking this question. No, of course I'm not. You know, and I was like, okay, that sounds good. You know, I mean, I just thought she would say yes. You know, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking. You know, they're, you know, they're expected to win. So um, that's what I, the sense I get. And the other thing we, we just discussed was talking about how they've, you know, been beating everybody. And I know um, the Morgan coach was not happy about that the other night and voiced his displeasure in the newspaper. And they said, hey, you know what, we've been holding the reins back all year. You know, we play in the, in the uh, Constitution State Conference, which is not a really strong conference. You know, they probably could have beat all of those teams by 60 points, and they didn't. You know, they did some, but they really didn't. And they, they said, this is the tournament now. We, we're, this is our time to go all out. I'm not going to hold the kids back, you know. If you're in the semifinals, you know, you should be able to play with us. So I kind of understand their point of view. Here's I understand their point so. of view. <laughs> Right, but that's where they are. They, they can't move. It's not their fault no, that they're in class S, it and is. it's not their fault that they're in the Constitution State Conference. No, sure. Tammy said the same thing to me. She said, I, my only job is to prepare my team right. for the final, and I owe no right. apologies to anyone else. Right. And I, while, I, while a 90-point victory is, is unfortunate, it's it's not her job to worry about right. that. I so, mean, if they were sadly. playing Mercy, she'd, play, she'd be like, okay, let's play Mercy. Yeah, you know, it, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're trying... So I don't know. I mean, I'm not, you know, apologizing for them, but I also understand their point of view as well. Sure. I mean, when UConn beat Seton Hall by 70 points, nobody well, is upset about different. that. Well, they are. And a little different in college. A little different in college. Yeah. Certainly should be a, an interesting matchup, and we do know that that'll be sometime on Saturday. We haven't sorted out all the times yet at the time we're recording this on a 
on Wednesday afternoon. Moving on, we do know the game Friday night. Uh, the 6 o'clock start will be the Class M championship game. Cromwell, the only undefeated team in uh, girls basketball in the state of Connecticut. The number one seed uh, taking on the number two seed. So we get a one and two matchup. Notre Dame of Fairfield. How do we folks uh, break down this matchup and what are some of the things you're looking for going into this one? Well, I can only speak, you know, fairly briefly on, on Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, Eric DeMarco was a former Naugatuck Valley League coach for years in Seymour, and I know what a sensational coach he is. This is a team that did sort of come out of nowhere, an SWC team, and all anybody talked about in the SWC this year was Laurelton Hall and Pomperon. Well, lo and behold, they fought their way into the final, <laughs> were thumped by Hall, but so was everybody else. And uh, and right now, you know, Eric DeMarco told me a little bit earlier, they're red hot. They've won four in a row. They're, they're, they're peaking at the right time. And and they are, once again, the underdog in this game. But you know what? You you get into a 10,000-seat arena that no one's accustomed to that. Anything can happen here. Uh, well, I think you're going to have to think about Cromwell on this one. Well, I, I think, you know, you have to look at it from, I'll compare, do a comparison a little bit here, and that is Notre Dame Fairfield played Montville. Montville played them very well. Bacon handled Montville, uh, or would handle Montville a couple times or during the season pretty well. So I look at it and say that Cromwell beat Bacon, Notre Dame Fairfield had problems with uh, with Montville, I give the edge here to Cromwell. Therefore, Not it's going to rain today. <laughs> transit, exactly. And ECSU will beat Notre Dame in something. But, but that's the way this works. I'm looking at it from a comparison viewpoint and say, because I've seen Cromwell play Bacon, I was impressed. Because even they did not have Janelle Harrison for a lot of that game. She was in foul trouble. They beat Bacon Academy. Very good Class L team. Favorite here to Cromwell. Yeah, Cromwell, I mean, you know, you just look at how they're balanced. You know, they, they have the inside game, you know, with Langenauer and Harrison. They got the outside shooters. I mean, so they're going to kill you. If you shut one thing down, you know, they're going to kill you from the perimeter. The problem is, though, interestingly enough, is at the Sun, I've, I've noticed that the teams have always had a hard time shooting, like the shooting-oriented teams. And they don't necessarily always win. Like everybody said, E.S. Smith was going to win last year, and they lost to Bacon. And you know, because their shooters couldn't hit anything. So, <laughs> but Cromwell has the inside game, so to counter that. So I think they'll be, you know, and I mean, they beat Weaver. I mean, they destroyed Weaver in the semifinal. I didn't even have a chance. And Weaver was the class one champ last year. So I mean, I know they lost a couple players, but still, um, Cromwell's like ready to play this game. I mean, they are just, you know, they were here two years ago. They lost to Portland in the Class S. So they, they, they definitely want to win. Certainly, and uh, pretty rare. You know, we don't get to see that that completed undefeated season. So that's obviously will be on the line for them as well and going to be a, a great kickoff to our weekend of championship games, that Cromwell-Notre Dame-Fairfield game on Friday evening. Moving on to the other uh, competitions on Saturday, we've got the double L. Let's move there. Uh, Laurelton Hall, we just spoke about them a little bit as the number two seed. They're 21-1. and one. Their only loss coming to number one Mercy, who is 22-1. So that's the uh, a rematch of these two teams. That game was at Mercy. This time they will be on the neutral court in uh, at Mohegan Sun, how do we uh, see this one breaking down, and what is Laurelton Hall going to have to do to uh, to change its fates against Mercy this time? Well, I mean, you, you kind of have to feel bad for Mercy because you know they keep coming here and they keep losing by like two <laughs> points, and it gets to the point where everyone has Tim Coe's like, "So this is your fourth time here, you know?" And he's like, "Yeah, I know, I'm well aware of that." You know, so like, what do you say? You know, I mean, and they've been all so close, like these just you know nail biting down to the wire game so I don't know. And is this going to be any different? I don't know. I mean, do they pull it? Well, I think they're not going to, he said they're not going to beat them by 19 points. You know, he, <laughs> I think he thought that was a bit of an aberration. Um, at the time, Mercy was playing really good in that tournament. They had just beaten Ledger. Mm -hmm. um, so they can, you know, they're not real big, Mercy, but they can handle, you know, big post players and um, 
they could, you know. With Lawton Hall, we have the most intimidating post player in the state in Olivia Levy. So she's big and she's tough and she scores and she rebounds. So that will be, I think, one of the edges Hall might have. Right. No, that's true. And and they, you know, but I think they can, their defense is so good. I mean, I watched them play Glastonbury the other night and that was such a, you know, Glastonbury is really, really good. And, I mean, they just, they made a few adjustments at halftime and they just came out and they, they didn't stop, um... Courtney Latham, who is very, very good, but they controlled her, and they made her knock at the ball. You know, they cut up the passing lane. They wouldn't let her drive, and they did a lot of things. Even though they're not that big, they just, they're smart. You know, they they play smart. I love I love the, the Mercy coach, too, Tim. I mean, whenever he coaches a game, my throat is hoarse after the game. <laughs> he's and he's he, he is funny, as long as you're not you know, within 30 feet of him during the course of the game. No, but I love, I love how he like, goes crazy during he's, the game. And then maybe not ha-ha ha funny. But, and then you talk to him after the game, and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah, and I, you know, I've always liked the team that got beat the first time around. I always think there's there's a little something to prove there. And, and Hawk has, times. well, yeah, many times. Well, no, no, I mean, as far as the, oh, the, the matchup Hall. this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've always, what I love about Hall is they can beat you many, many different ways. They can they can pound it inside and kill you. And I love Carly Fabri on the perimeter. Uh, and they're very deep. They, they are a team that if something's not working, they can make in-game adjustments as good as any team in the state. And I do like that about Hall. I, 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 I would pick Hall because you know, I just had the chance to see them a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. So I so I do like them, but uh, you you I don't just know. Can't. Kismet is not uh, my expertise, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know what? If you're gonna root for anyone, that's kind of the one oh, team yeah. that you you kind of hope see some something good happen yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Certainly a a lot of a lot of storylines in in that uh, double L championship game, which will come sometime on Saturday. Again, we'll have the uh, the full schedule coming out a little bit later uh, Wednesday night. Let's wrap it up now. The uh, the L contest between the closest thing we have to a to an upstart in terms of seeds anyway, Farmington, the tenth seed, uh, making it all the way through to the finals, and then taking on Bacon Academy, uh, the number one seed at twenty and four this season. Mark is our uh, our Eastern representative on the panel. Talk a little bit about Bacon <laughs> Academy. I get one in on some of our other some of our other co- uh, conversations. What do we know about Bacon Academy, and uh, what do you think they're going to have to do to come away as the L champions? Hey, let's put it this way: Have you ever seen a team that can win no matter what the circumstances? are. And it, really, that's what Bacon is. They, they just don't lose. They just know how to win. Um, look at what they did at, you know, at Bulkley against Holland. They scored 33 points, and you win with 33 points. Look at what they did against Career Magnet. You know, they, it, was, it was a brutal game, but they won, didn't they? Um, you know, Obviously, it goes right back to Taylor McLaughlin, who is probably, you know, when you look at it, I don't, certainly I, I would not call her underrated, because obviously a lot of people look at her and say, yeah, SCSU certainly looked at her. Um, and made an on offer, and she accepted. Um, Taylor McLaughlin is a nice post player, gets down low, does what she has to do, then slips outside, becomes the point guard. If she had to, she probably go, goes and gets the water later after 13. She does it all. There's no question about Breaks it. Breaks the press. Breaks the press. You know, anything you want, Taylor McLaughlin delivers for that basketball team. And then you have the little complimentary players. And I say complimentary. They, they mean a lot. Sarah Rogers, who can get inside and hit the boards and drop outside to get the three. Carly Putnam is the point guard, distributes well, hits the three-point when it's necessary. Lauren Elmy can hit a three-pointer when it's necessary. Of course, none of them fought, fell against the Talon, that's for sure. They were awful from the outside. But their defense pulled together. And I don't know of a better 2 3 zone. This guy knows Bacon Academy, huh? Wow. <laughs> well, you were the Thomaston guy. <laughs> to what was it Bacon Thomaston? You got some fun. I totally agree. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I also, I, I like Dave Shea. 
um, as a coach, he has so much experience, and he he's a very competitive guy, but he's so calm. And then his son on the other side is he? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in that too. But the kids look to him, and he's just calm in all the situations. You know, there's no like, you know. That, I mean, I've only seen him a couple of times this year, but it, I think that really goes a long way towards. You know, the kids don't get rattled. You know, they look at their coach and say, "Okay, well, he's he's okay with this." And, you know, against I, I know against a uh, career when we were oh, yeah. a career game and Bacon went up to a big lead and then career was coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back and you know and everybody's like, ooh, is Bacon gonna blow this one? And you know, they've looked the same as he did when they were up by fifteen. I, I think inside he probably actually well, is yeah, a little bit yeah, different, course, but you know, right. you're right to the to the kids. I think he's, right. he's and really that, good. And that's in that huge, regard. especially in an environment like the Mohican Sun where there's flashing lights and there's a crowd and it's crazy and it's loud and you know, and they've been there. You they've know? been there before. The only thing though is I always like the team that gets there the first time. Because yeah. it has that excitement level, and it and it tends to kind of sometimes play off it. And Farmington haven't beaten Pomperog. Right. I mean, I think that's a confidence right. builder Huge. that they, yeah. they cannot turkey look Huge. aside. Yeah. Um, the only thing I question is, you know, the go-to players for Farmington they because there really isn't one. No, but that's that's kind of good sometimes because who are they going to shut down? Who's they going to stop? Well, you know, there's like four or five options, so you can't really stop anybody. They're they're an interesting team, Farmington, because I mean, when you think about it too, they played in the CCC, mm -hmm. which is really who doesn't. Really, yeah, well, it's true. Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> and Thomaston. <laughs> and, and, and N.D. Fairfield. But, I mean, everybody it? beats up on everybody else in the CCC, and it, it's a really, you know, it, it's a very competitive league. Not so, Maybe not so much during the regular season for some for some divisions, but during the tournament. I mean, the tournament it's is, important. is brutal. Yeah, so I would argue, you know, that that has done a lot for Farmington. Um they have, well, the coach has been here before. They were here eight years for ago. the infamous, mm -hmm. uh, no, it was not long ago, 2007. I thought you said eight years ago. No, it was 07. They lost okay. to Buckley on a last second shot. And that the coach told me the other night it was funny because they played at Buckley and they won there to go back to the tournament, uh, to go back to the final. So He's so, never watched that film. Oh, really? Did he say that? He, he said he never he watched, watched that film. film. Yeah. He's going to watch it before oh, really? they play on Saturday. Oh, good. There you go. <laughs> so I think, you know, don't underestimate them because um, they, you know, they could... They could do some damage. They play good defense, you know. They uh, they played uh, Sarah Valu, you know, the other night, and uh, they stopped her. So, you know, I didn't stop her, but they, you know, kind of contained her a little bit. So, yeah, should be a, a great matchup as well. We're really looking forward to uh, all of the competition this weekend. As you said, you know, you talk about all of these teams uh, have earned their right to uh, to get to Mohegan. You know, they've won tough games to uh, to get here. So, looking for some great. Competition this weekend. Joe Palladino, Lori Riley, Mark Allard. would love to talk to you guys all day, but let you go right, uh, right up what you just saw here at the press conference, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing everything you guys put out there after the uh, the tournament this weekend. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Again, that was Mark Allard, Lori Riley, and Joe Morelli with some great conversation about girls basketball. As we mentioned in there, of course, we didn't know the full schedule for the weekend's competition when we sat down and chatted with them. We do have it now, and you can find it on the Tournament Central page of CICsports.com. I encourage you to link to that and keep up to date. You can also get pre-sale tickets there with no service charge, $10 per ticket. We encourage you to buy those ahead of time to avoid lines at the Mohegan Sun. So we'll quickly move along now to boys basketball, where we sat down at the press conference with some of the gentlemen who have been following the competition all season long. Happy to be joined now by a uh, distinguished group of basketball uh, writers around the state of Connecticut. Tom Yance from the Hartford Current, Mike Cadir Cadil Cardillo, Cardillo, that's what I'm trying to say, Cardillo from the Connecticut Post, and Joe Morelli from the New Haven Register. Guys, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. 
And uh, we're just going to talk about previewing the, uh, the boys' basketball for the weekend. Let's start with Class M. We've got number five, Valley Regional, uh, coming in. They are the uh, 2011 S champion, 22-2 and two on the year. Number 23, Weston, who's had kind of a crazy close to their season, has now made a run to the uh, championship game. Guys, how do we, uh, two somewhat surprising teams here, how do we see the, the Class M championship breaking out on Friday night? Well, Valley Regional has been was the Shoreline Conference champion. They didn't lose in their league. Very few games were even close in their league. Um, led by John Luster, the point guard, who was the two-time Shoreline Conference Player of the Year. Uh, big man in Chris Connor and Chris Polo. They're going to be very tough to stop. They're very dynamic. I mean, they beat Bloomfield. They beat Ledger down the road. They're a better team than people think. Uh, and obviously, uh, as others can talk about, Weston was pretty much a Cinderella story to get here, as their seed indicates. Yeah, I think if anyone thought there was going to be an SWC team in the Class M final, it would have been probably either uh, Bethel on Weston's half of the bracket or Notre Dame Fairfield. And uh, Weston, as we know, had the crazy story with uh, their coach, uh, Mike uh, Zvito, uh, re resigning and then being rehired in a storm of uh, anger from parents and kind of the community rallying and all sorts of craziness. So uh, to top it off with a trip to the final, win or lose is uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, certainly uh, an interesting matchup and a good way to get things going on uh, on Friday night. Then we'll go to the Class S game where we've got another Cinderella team, at least in terms of their seed, and that's number 25, Weaver, the highest seed to get into a final here. They'll be taking on number three, Granby uh, Memorial, as they uh, narrowly pulled out their semifinal to get into that that championship. So what do we see, uh, see coming up in this Class S game? How would we break that down, the, the first championship game that will be played on Saturday? Uh, it's definitely a battle of the backcourts. Uh, Granby has a uh, transfer from Queens, New York. Brett Buser, great left-hander, and Colin Champion. They beat Weaver in early in the year. Um, as far as Weaver goes, Keandre Fair, arguably the best freshman in the state. He's the leads the state in scoring among freshmen at over 21 points. He had 25 last night in their semifinal victory over Old Lyme. He's a dynamic player, makes steals, makes threes. It'll be a very good game. Uh, Weaver's a 25 seed, but they're certainly not playing like it. Um, playing in the CCC during the regular season has certainly helped them. All right, so we'll see a good matchup there in Class L, and then, uh, excuse me, in Class S, and we'll move on to Class L, where we've got uh, really our, our first sort of no, uh, no surprises final here with number one, Trinity Catholic. They've been uh, the, the top-rated team in, in L for most of the season. They'll be taking on number two, Woodstock Academy, who's a bit of a newcomer to the, uh, the championship uh, arena. This will be their first time in the, uh, the championship game of basketball. What do we see taking place in, uh, in Class L? We see Trinity Catholic, like you said, they're, they're going to try to win their seventh state championship, second in three years at Mohegan. Uh, the guy on their team is Shadrach Casimir, averaging over 25 points per game, had 30 last night in a win over Wilbur Cross. Very tough to stop, and obviously he's got help and Tremaine Frazier, among others, uh, and a veteran coach, Mike Walsh. Their only two losses were to Bridgeport Central and the St. Joe's in overtime. They're going to be very tough to beat up there, but Woodstock Academy, again, the Cinderella team, they get there in overtime against Bunnell, and uh, obviously uh, the pride of the ECC this year. Well, you're going to have a lot of Centaur fans swarming. Uh, I don't know if they swarm Centaurs, but they'll be uh, – at the Mohegan, and I've seen Woodstock play once, so this is just based on one game against Bunnell uh, last night at NFA, but Woodstock, maybe a lot of people saw them as a two-seed, sort of uh, inflated, not exactly uh, the greatest, uh, you know, number two, not a traditional power, but uh, 
They were very good. Uh, two really good, just sort of almost guys that look like twins, Ian Converse and uh, Sullivan Gardner in the post. 6'5", big, you know, big-shouldered, thick guys. Uh, kind of traditional kind of front-up post guys you don't see too much in uh, high school. And I, don't, I did not see anybody that played like them in the FCAC this year, uh, you know, that burly in the post. So Trinity's going to have its hands full. That said, when Bunnell pressed with their guards against Woodstock, Woodstock had a lot of trouble uh, getting the ball up the court. So if Trinity's able to score, set up their defense, Woodstock could be in for a long night. But I think it's going to be a better game than maybe people think just based on the fact Woodstock is only in its first final and not, you know, what we think of a team that's going to be there at the end of this season in Woodstock every year. Yeah, certainly. Uh, as we saw, I talked about a little bit with the girls' podcast uh, or the girls' basketball interview yesterday. You know, any team that's gotten it, that gotten this far has had to beat some quality teams to get into the finals. So, and then finally, we'll wrap it up here. The class double L final sort of uh, matchup. People I think have been hoping to see maybe all year. Fairfield Prep and Hillhouse. Each of their only loss this season uh, in the regular season came against each other. Ironically, both won on the road at each other's gym. Should be a, a great matchup in double L. What do we see as sort of some of the things that may shake out in double L in the championship game? Well, um, teams will meet for the fourth time. That, that is very unusual to happen at any level, but uh, to, for Fairfield Prep, their seven-footer um, Chukwa is outstanding. The defensive player of the year by far affects the game all over the place. They have a great freshman point uh, guard in Ryan Murphy. However, Hillhouse plays defense the best. I, my my, my feeling is they're the best defensive team in the league in the state rather Mike Coase who lost who coaches Xavier told me exactly that after they lost by over 20 points to uh, Hillhouse in the semifinals the thing about Hillhouse is that they have great backcourt in Bobby Bynum and Andre Anderson they will in my the one last point I like like to make is playing in the Mohegan Sun Arena is definitely worth to me five to six points or more having familiarity with the with the almost dome-like space behind each rim will help Hillhouse as opposed to Fairfield Prep who hasn't been there uh, in recent years so I give the nod to Hillhouse it should be a great game I expect a crowd approaching nine to ten thousand there for the uh, Saturday night finale well it's, it's funny uh, Tom mentions that uh, Prep played a game at uh, the uh, Webster Bank Arena in Bridgeport on a Friday night against Hamden, uh, which I found out later was specifically to sort of give them a little prep in a big gym uh, in case they, they were thinking big, obviously, this year to play uh, at the Mohegan. So uh, they do have that experience a little bit, although obviously Hills was there last year. Uh, the one thing that was interesting in the semifinals against East Hartford, Prep basically only played six guys, maybe, and the seventh guy played for about. 15 seconds at the end of the game and Hillhouse as we all know is about as deep a team as you're going to find and pretty much everybody they're going to put on the court can play so uh, how the game is called how tight the, the whistles are on Chukwa and the, and the paint is going to be very interesting both on the offensive end and the defensive end so Prep doesn't really have a guy they can bring in to replace him if he picks up two quick ones. Look it's going to be the heavyweight battle it's going to determine the number one team in our final poll they both know each other very well in the SEC Championship game, the third matchup, the emergence of Raekwon Clark, who scored 15 of the 17 points in the fourth quarter in overtime, was the MVP of the tournament. Him and Chase Daniels, how are they going to do against Pascal Chuoka inside? 
I mean, Pasta's going to get his blocks. The question is, can they get the big man in foul trouble? If they can, they're going to have success. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the first team of 50 wins. I'm not sure who it's going to be, but it's going to be damn close, and I wouldn't be surprised if it goes overtime. Yeah, it should be a thriller. And as you said, interesting to watch. You know, as you said, two, te two teams that have played three times. You'd be curious to see if either of the coaches tries to break out some wrinkles just because they have are so familiar with each other or if they'll just sort of say, well, we both know each other equally and we'll, we'll play it straight and just see who wins. So it uh, should be an exciting weekend of basketball. We talked about the girls yesterday and then four thrilling boys basketball finals we hope to see as well. Tom Yance, Mike Cardillo, Joe Morelli, thank you very much for joining us. Bye, and bye. we uh, look you. forward to see what you're going write, to uh, write up this weekend. <laughs> thank you. Much thanks to Tom Yance, Mike Cardillo, I apologize for getting his name wrong the first time, and Joe Morelli of the New Haven Register there for their great conversation. We quickly move along now to boys hockey with the action that will get underway on Saturday with the Division Three Championship. We talked to two of the people who have covered the sport the most across the state this year. Okay, so we're going to talk a little boys championship ice hockey coming into this weekend. I'm happy to be joined by Dan Nowak of New Haven Register and Don Boyle of the CIC Network, who both uh, cover hockey extensively over the course of the season. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us to uh, talk a little championship hockey. Thanks, Joel, for uh, having me. Joel, likewise, nice to be here. All right, so we're going to start off Saturday. D3 championship action. We've got number one, Newington, Berlin, Manchester. Uh, they're the defending champion. We've got taking on number three, Rock, Rockville, Bolton, Coventry, London Memorial. A mouthful there. Yeah, throw a few uh, more towns in there, too. Exactly. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, Rockville with a, a thrilling semifinal double overtime win to earn its spot. These two uh, played two tight games during the regular season, one of them going uh, victory to Newington, another uh, ending in a tie. So it doesn't seem to be much separating these two teams, at least uh, on paper. How do you guys see this one uh, shaking out on Saturday? Uh, basically, I, I think this one is anybody's game to win. I think it's going to come down to the goalies. Uh, uh, Newington, Berlin, Manchester is led by Drew O'Leary. Uh, Newington's also got two strong lines. Uh, Rockville, Bolton, Coventry, Lyman Memorial has Cam Earl between the pikes. He's had nine shutouts this year. Uh, he's uh, been uh, pretty tough. Personally, I think uh, the edge might go to Newington, Berlin, uh, Manchester only because of their tough regular season schedule. They've, they played against 10 Division II teams, and they ended up 7-2-1 against the higher-level team. So I think that might give them an edge here. No, I, I tend to agree, agree with you, Dan. The goaltending matchup is outstanding. Really like Cam Earl and what he can do. Uh, for the Rams of uh, Rockfield, Bolton, Coventry, Lima Memorial. Just trying to get that in real quick one time myself. <laughs> and uh, the play of Drew O'Leary has been, uh, well, he stood the test of time. He was in the championship game a year ago. Mm -hmm. Newington, Berlin, Manchester, they know what it's all about. Two outstanding coaches here. Senior leadership is on the side of Newington, and I think that's the big plus here. Two mm -hmm. great goaltenders. They're both seniors. They're going to go head-to-head. -head. But I think it's a senior leadership of guys like uh, Brendan Richard, who can certainly get the job done. He took his team on his back in the semifinals in the third period, scored a couple goals. One was an open netter. But he has started to play with that urgency that's needed to win mm -hmm. the championship. And uh, they're a little deep, too, Newington. They have two strong lines. I mean, at this level, Division Three, you have two lines uh, to, to rely on. Uh, it's going to go, get you a long, long way, too. Just to throw out a name for the Rams, uh, J.R. Peretti is a, is a workhorse out there. He can fly. He's up and down the ice, plays all three zones very effectively. And they have their sophomore who scored the game winner in double overtime, and uh, Kevin Morton, who was uh, just a, a force out there in the ice. So they do have a younger guy with a lot of talent and good size. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it should really be an interesting game. And as we said, the two, uh, two, if the two regular season meetings are any indication, we're in for a good one there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Moving on to Division Two, Monday night, obviously. Keep an eye on that uh, schedule change because of some ECAC uh, competition that Yale will be in. We'll be playing Division Two Monday night and then Division One on Tuesday night. Monday night, Division Two, we've got Fairfield Ward, Fairfield Ludlow taking on number two, East Catholic. East Catholic had a relatively easy time so far traveling through the bracket to that championship game. Fairfield Ward, Ludlow, a little bit of a challenge early. They were struggling a little bit towards the end of the regular season, but come in uh, obviously playing well, having uh, advanced to the finals. What do we guys see here for the Division Two championship game? Uh, well, I think offense is a, is a big key in this game, whereas in the other game that we talked about, the Division Three game, you're talking about the goalies. I think here, I mean, you've got some really, uh, you got depth, uh, balanced depth uh, with both teams. Uh, Starting with Fairfield, uh, Ward Ludlow, I mean, they even have offensive-minded defensemen. Connor Charlotte and uh, Tim Grace, uh, they combined for six shots on goal, two assists, and the semifinal win over North Frankfurt. Uh, you've also got uh, Tom Kirschman, who are uh, their, probably their top forward, I would think. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. He's terrific. He scored their first goal in yes. the semifinals. Uh, he's a big, tall kid. He leaped like a basketball player to back down a puck at the blue line and scored. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's athletic. Right, and Dan Silvestri, too, is one of their top forwards. I mean, he's, uh, you know, scored, he's, you know, gets a point pretty much in every game himself. Uh, East Catholic, same thing. Uh, you got uh, balanced scoring. You got Pat Bishop, Griffin Casey, Lee Munson uh, combined. Uh, they have four goals and four assists in seventy. I'll tell you one thing that's missing from this Division Two tournament that both these teams don't have. Wearing a banner from the SEC, where are those SEC teams? I mean, Amity, the Gilbert, the Bradford, the Daniel Hand. Usually, you see one of those teams. So these two teams have certainly. Uh, Played some great hockey and they've knocked off uh, teams that have been traditional powers in Division Two. Right, and their goalies aren't uh, too shabby either. Uh, Kyle Greenhut for uh, Fairfield, uh, 21 saves in that semifinal win uh, over North Lakewood, oh, yeah. and uh, for East Patrick, uh, 23 saves against uh, BBD. I just cut that one short. Yeah, Siglio is, uh, is terrific. He's only a junior, and it's interesting. Greenhut is a sophomore. He wasn't even the starting goaltender, right. which is an interesting story. Connor Brawley had right. banged up there, and uh, all of a sudden Greenhut uh, got the hot hand, and they're sticking with him. Right. So uh, that's, that's going to be an interesting matchup in Division Two. Yep, should be a real good one. And then moving on to Division One, and obviously uh, two teams that you put, gentlemen. Both know uh, very, very well. It's hard to follow uh, hockey in Connecticut without knowing these two teams uh, right. very, very well. Number one, Fairfield Prep. Uh, just the one loss on the season, and that did not come against a Connecticut school. And uh, Notre Dame West Haven, 18-4-1 during the regular season. Uh, they do team teams did play each other twice. Um, excuse me, three times. Fairfield Prep uh, earning uh, the wins there. And uh, a few of those games were tight, but really both these teams have kind of cruised through Division One, uh, particularly in the tournament. So we got the big matchup, the one versus two. How do you guys see this one shaking out? Well, this is the matchup I think everybody really wanted to see. Uh, these Going into the season, uh, they were the top two teams in the register top 10 poll. They were more than two all season. Uh, Don votes on our poll, and uh, he'll, I, I think he'll, he'll agree with me. I mean, there was no, no separation from between those two, but there was separation from those t top two to the rest of the teams in the state. Yeah, absolutely. Far and away, really, the best teams. And I think that, that came there, uh, well, it was evident that when you watch the semifinal round games, uh, uh, both Fairfield Prep and Notre Dame winning those games handedly over two FCAC teams in Richfield. And, very end, respectively, who are very good teams, but yeah, they're cut above. The interesting thing, I think, uh, with this game is that Notre Dame is the defending Division One champion, 
and they had a couple of bumps in the road. They lost three times to this Fairfield Prep team. I personally don't think they can beat them. I think Fairfield Prep is on a mission. They're playing graceful hockey. They're hitting. They have terrific uh, leadership along that defensive line. They go with a couple of goaltenders. So they, I think Fairfield Prep with David White in the mix, uh, I'd give them the upper hand in this game. Now, there's a lot of underlying factors with this game, a lot of plot lines. I mean, uh, the, four, yes. the numbers four and three are kind of uh, interchangeable here. They're meeting for the fourth time this season, and Prep's beaten them 3-0. and They're going to have their fourth matchup in the uh, championship games, and Prep's beaten them three times. So, I mean, uh, there's a little, little uh, extra motivation for Notre Dame in this game, and I think I'm, what I'm telling everybody is I think this is going to be one of the most exciting games ever in the history of the CIAC tournament. Yeah, I think it, I think it should be. I think this will be very hard-hitting. Uh, Notre Dame certainly has a chance. I don't want to disregard their chances as I'll uh, talk about that. Paul Swazinski has found the hot hand down the stretch here. Mm -hmm. They have a guy in Billy Bizzo that is arguably the best hockey player in the state of Connecticut. And they have, that, uh, they have heart and soul with Greg Zullo. He's the guy that really makes the engine run uh, mm -hmm. for, the, for the Green Knights, along with Kyle Thibault. Mm -hmm. One other point, both these teams were tested in the tournament. I mean, Hampton took a 3-1 lead on Fairfield Prep, and they had a, you know, they battled back. And then right. for Notre Dame, they were down 4-1 in East Haven and had to score two goals in seven seconds to make it a game. And that was Tebow, who scored those two goals. Tebow, so, yeah. you know. uh, I said going in, they needed to find a Colby Curtella uh, this year, uh, who was their catalyst last yeah, year, sure. graduated, and he's at prep school now. And in that game, Tebow did step up. If he doesn't score those two goals in seven seconds uh, at the end of the second period, I mean, we may not be talking about Notre Dame here. Absolutely. I don't know who would be talking about it. I guess it would be Darianne. What the heck, taking on Fairfield Prep. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned to Matt say that beginning of the season, Matt, are you guys playing with a little chip on your shoulder after being bumped out by Glastonbury last year? And he says, absolutely not. Well, that's a bunch of whatever you want to call it. They're playing. That team is on a mission, and they have been a joy to watch. Right. 17-0 against state teams this year. They won the uh, Rhode Island tournament, which is tough. I mean, they're yeah. playing against the top teams in some of the yeah, top teams. Yeah, they beat out of New Jersey. Right. So, I mean, uh, Prep is tested. Notre Dame's tested. They know each other very well, and I think you're going to see some hard-hitting, uh, uh, like you said before. And uh, I'm... Predicting, I'm going out in the limb and I'm predicting three overtimes here. With prep, prep coming out with a 4-3 win. Uh, well, Notre Dame needs to find some offense. They lost 3-1, 3, -1, three nothing, and uh, they, forgive me on the score, I think it was 6-2 at a couple late goals by uh, Notre Dame. So they have struggled offensively against Fairfield Prep. But they'll drop the puck like you say, and that the officials let them play hockey. And the team that uh, picks up the fewest penalties will win this one. Well, yeah, certainly. Uh, and if it goes to three overtimes, it will be a late night. Because as we mentioned, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at uh, Ingalls Rink at Yale. Obviously, all three games uh, at Ingalls Rink. You can purchase your tickets online ahead of time, or you can get them there at the box office. It should be an exciting uh, weekend and a few days of uh, hockey. And uh, certainly, obviously, we could, uh, Don and, uh, and Dan, I think we could just turn a mic on and let them talk Connecticut hockey all day, but we got to wrap it up. And we uh, appreciate you both very much uh, chatting with us here. Appreciate being here. Thank, Thank you, Joel. Joel. That was terrific. Yeah, great. Thanks, guys. Just tremendous stuff from Don Boyle of the CIC Network and Dan Nowak of the New Haven Register. We thank them for that wonderful conversation about boys hockey. Really looking forward to the action taking place uh, starting on Saturday and then picking up again on Monday and Tuesday. And that's going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. We try to get through all 
all of the championships. We do have boys swimming open going on this weekend as well. We hope to have a report on that next week to kind of recap what went on at that boys swimming open. But it gets started, uh, championship weekend gets started Friday night, 6 o'clock, the first basketball championship game at Mohegan Sun. Then 8 o'clock follows that on Saturday. We've got action starting at bright and early at 9.30, running all the way through. We'll have the Division Three boys hockey game championship at Ingalls Rink also on Saturday. And then Monday and Tuesday night, Division Two and Division One boys hockey wrap up a busy couple of days of CIAC championships. I'd like to thank all of our guests and encourage you to check out all of their work online or in the print edition of their newspapers. Going back to girls basketball, we had Lori Riley, we had Mark Allard, and we had, of course, Joe Palladino. Then our boys basketball folks, Joe Morelli, we had Mike Cardillo, and we had Tom Yance, and then, of course, boys hockey, Don Boyle and Dan Nowak. So we thank all of them for their contributions this week. We hope you enjoy the CIAC cast. Remember to look us up on iTunes if you want to subscribe to the podcast, and you can find us on CIACsports.com, bookmark Tournament Central, buy your playoff tickets. That's going to do it for the championship edition of the CIAC cast. We thank you for joining us. Hope you'll be with us again next week.